Greetings, frauders and sorors, to all of you from around the world. This is really quite a special thing to be able to attune both psychically and spiritually together during these Wednesday teleconferences. I want to begin with a meditation. Again, it's just going to be brief, but um, Karen, perhaps you could type in the chat for us the, the reference. This is from the Grand Master's message given in fall 2018. She sent that out as a uh, daily meditation that we would use using the vowel sound of the day. Today is Wednesday and the vowel sound is A, but we are going to use Ra and Ma because we are going to be uh, concentrating on the pituitary gland. And as you know, Ra and Ma are intoned on A natural. So, Prodders and Sorors, let us close our eyes. Sit comfortably. And with your eyes closed and your hands in your lap, palms down, feet flat on the floor if you can slightly apart, relax and take three deep breaths. Become more relaxed as you exhale and feeling more energized and aware as you inhale. So do that now at your own pace. Now recite with me the celestial sanctum invocation given in Libra 777. May the sublime essence of the cosmic infuse my being and cleanse me of all impurities of mind and body so that I may attune with the celestial sanctum in all purity and perfect dignity. So mote it be. So now mentally or aloud, please intone Ra and Ma. And when we do that together, we'll do that three times. Imagine yourself spiraling upwards toward the infinite, propelled by the vibrations of these vowel sounds as they are propagated throughout space. Uh, 
yourself rising higher and higher. Now see yourself in an ocean of light, an ocean that is the cosmic consciousness. Feel yourself in this state of awareness pervading all space and time. If at any point unwelcome thoughts enter your consciousness, do not resume visualizing. Instead, mentally intone the vowel sounds as if you were focusing your whole being on them. Feel the subtle force the vowel sounds transmit, permeating you and all of space-time. Now in full awareness from this high place, say with me mentally, may peace reign throughout earth and within every being. May the cosmic sanctify my contact with the celestial sanctum, so mote it be. Now, when you are ready, Fraters and Sorors, please open your eyes. I want to share with you a little piece that appeared in the Rosicrucian Digest number one in 2012. It's a list of the 12 principles or 12 major laws of Rosicrucian ontology. You can find that again in the Rosicrucian Digest number one, pages 56 to 57. I will read only the first five. These pertain particularly to the presentation on psychic powers today. The divine is the universal intelligence that thought manifested and animated all creation according to unchanging perfect laws. All of creation is permeated by a universal soul that evolves toward the perfection of its own nature. Life is the vehicle for cosmic evolution 
such as it manifests in the universe and on earth. Matter owes its existence to a vibratory energy that is propagated throughout the entire universe and which permeates each atom. Time and space are states of consciousness and do not have any material reality independent from humans. So those are the first five of the laws of Rosicrucian ontology. And there is a note at the end reminding us that these laws are not dogmatic. They are in fact principles and most Rosicrucian mystics do adhere to these, but you are not required to adhere to them. So, frauders and sororers, let us begin. And I'm going to share my screen now with you. And hopefully you can see that. You might want to minimize the gallery view too. Uh, if you're having that at the left or the right hand side of your screen, I always get the left and right mixed up. So if, the, if you're seeing them at the right hand, can minimize those just because uh, sometimes there will be an image or some words and I don't want you to miss those. So I know many of you are joining us because you're interested in psychic powers. If you might recall that H. Spencer Lewis was drawn to finding the Rose Croix because he was very interested in psychic powers and read as much as he could about psychic abilities. As a young person and even as a child, he was gifted with experiencing many kinds of psychic impressions. He would know, for example, when someone came to the door, who it was before that person was seen. And I know many of us, including myself, when we were younger, found the idea of psychic abilities quite fascinating. So I hope that you uh, remember what that was like, perhaps when you first entered or joined the order, maybe that was something you wanted to learn more about. On the other hand, uh, I want you to also not take the presentation too seriously. There are some whimsical things that you will, you will see here too. For instance, in the next slide. That's a uh, decoration that I sometimes haul out at Halloween uh, on my front porch. And you can see there are some dried leaves down there. It says uh, somehow there's a fortune teller living here and for five bucks, it's open now and you can have your palm read, a crystal ball reading, tarot cards, etc. Now I know that many of you are interested in tarot readings. I'm going to speak very briefly about divination. But first of all, we want to answer the question, what are psychic abilities? Secondly, we're also going to talk to you from a Rosicrucian perspective about enhancing innate powers. We'll have a very brief karma and psychic phenomena Q&A where I will ask the questions and also give you the answers, but not to worry because at the end, there'll be time for you to discuss. As, as promised, I will speak a little bit about divination, although I um, took out some of the slides that I might have had because it would just be too long if I also talked about tarot, crystals, and palmistry. So we're not going to do that today. 
We are going to, however, talk about mental telepathy and then charlatanism, because that was something that H. Spencer Lewis was also certainly interested in exposing. Conclusion, followed by an experiment in psychic awareness. And finally, you will have an opportunity to share your experiences. So first of all, the question is, what are psychic powers? Extrasensory perception, or ESP as it's called for short, includes the reception of information not gained through the physical senses, but sensed with the mind. That is the standard definition. The Rosicrucian teachings suggest that such impressions are sensed via the psychic consciousness. Psychic derives from the Greek psyche, meaning breath, associated with the soul or animating entity inhabiting the body. In modern psychology, psyche refers to the mind, where we generate thoughts. In Rosicrucian ontology, the nature of being, the breath contains the positive polarity of the vital life force, or cosmic essence, and I know the Grand Master has talked about this aspect of breath during our teleconferences, which is the essence of divinity that animates us. Psychic abilities are thus aspects of soul consciousness. And here in this beautiful painting of Psyche entering Cupid's garden by John William Waterhouse, you will see a representation both of the divine feminine but also of psyche as soul. And there's much symbolism in this image. You see that she's wearing a pink garment, which is often associated with love. She is about to cross a threshold, entering into another state of consciousness, the secret garden belonging to Cupid, who represents love here as well. And she's also holding a red rose in her left hand. So let us talk about psychic powers as manifestations of soul consciousness. They are both intuitive and kinetic, meaning that the subject is receptive and or the active initiator of a certain action. And I've divided these up into three lists here, but as you know, uh, many of these experiences are both. So we can talk about receptive experiences like precognition, seeing the future. Sometimes these manifest as simply feelings or premonitions. Clairvoyance, which means seeing objects, people, things, or places not seen by the physical senses. Clairaudience would be hearing sounds, voices, or even music. Although I want to draw a line here between what is truly psychic and what may be in fact due to drugs or mental illness or hallucinations. So, you know, this is a verification is a very important thing. Retrocognition is seeing the past, especially past events, possibly even apparitions, ghosts or sightings. That is because it's as explained in our teachings, places can retain the vibratory memory of experiences, particularly if they're invested or were at the time with some emotion. 
these play like a film and they're not activated by you as the subject or necessarily by the, uh, the event itself, but rather as a memory. And those who experience them are simply receptive, somehow tuning in to those vibrations. Under the column kinetic, we have telekinesis. And I know most all of you have heard or even tried spoon bending. We did such an experiment at our Praneus locally, and my daughter, who was a Cologne at the time, was very good at it. It was a really interesting experiment. And you know, it's something that you can also try. In our order, in our teachings, we do have certain experiments involving mind over matter, including moving a matchstick, for instance, on a bowl of water. Dermal optical perception that is visualizing during healing treatments, that may be even with uh, contact healing as we do in the sixth degree of our monographs. Some are adept enough to actually visualize and see the tissue, muscle, or bone as they're heal doing the healing treatment. So that's an active kind of use of psychic ability. Now, the last column is both kinetic and intuitive. In psychometry, you take the object of someone, preferably a stranger, and we've done many experiments in this regard, hold the object, and with eyes closed, you ask yourself certain questions. If you want to see that person's home or something about his or her job, something like that, you would ask yourself these questions that's the active part, and then remain receptive for the answers as they appear on the screen of your consciousness. Telepathy also can be done by a sender and a receiver. So there's an active phase and a passive or receptive phase. In projection, one initiates or can initiate the action and then be receptive to the impressions received, or sometimes, again, projection can be done unbidden and would also fall under the intuitive category. Lucid dreaming is a, a form of being awake and aware while being asleep at the same time. So that is really being aware in your dream that you are dreaming, that you become the one who commands the dream. A way to train yourself if you want to do lucid dreaming is to give yourself a suggestion around the time you are falling asleep. For instance, if I see a goldfish in my dream, or if I see a certain person in my dream, I'll know that I am dreaming and then I can take control of the dream. Finding lost objects, also known as radiesthesia, and that radiesthesia also has uh, association with dousing for water or for electrical wires or the use of the pendulum. However, finding lost objects in my own experience doesn't require an assistive device. It can be done simply by using visualization, concentration, and the law of manifestation. So are psychic abilities real? How can we tell the difference between reality and actuality? 
Now, I know you uh, have studied this, many of you, in the early monographs, but it's worth reviewing. Reality is our interpretation of sensory information. Remember the Rosicrucian definition. Subjective experiences happening inside the mind constitute our reality. All of experience is ultimately subjective. The order distinguishes between objective, that is sensory input, and subjective realities. Sensory input that is colored by emotion, memory, and imagination. Just because something is subjective does not mean it has no value or existence. On the other hand, subjective opinions or conclusions as we know are certainly prone to error. The actual existence of the world outside of our experience constitutes what we call actuality. Test and trial offers proof and evidence beyond the mind. And this is really how science operates. It's how we also know that a foot is 12 inches or a meter is 100 centimeters. We have these sorts of standards of measurement that exist outside of our own internal um, way of interpreting things. For example, driving a car and seeing something actually there versus an hallucination, a mirage, or a misperception. I was waiting for a bus one day when I was a student and there was a small car approaching in the distance and the driver looked to me like the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And as the car got closer, I realized that was a misperception. It was someone else entirely. So, Frauders and Sororas, I know that we often have misperceptions, so we really need to, of course, avoid these and errors or irrational thought. And how do we do that? We ask for validation from both outside sources and the inner self or the master within. So let's talk about the Rosicrucian perspective. Everyone has intuitive and psychic ability. Everyone, all of us do. Some perhaps are a little more talented in this realm than others, but all of us can enhance our intuitive and psychic abilities. First of all, it's important to silence the outer self or rational mind and listen to the still small voice or master within. Using Rosicrucian techniques like concentration, visualization, and meditation as mentioned, vowel sounds, and many others given in the monograph system or teachings. Practicing helps us perfect our abilities. For example, telling the time without looking at a clock, reading a letter, a voicemail, or a message without opening it, knowing who is calling or texting. You hear that little ping on your phone and you know who it's from, for instance. Just ask the inner self. This is perhaps one of the most important slides in this presentation. Psychic abilities are enhanced by spiritual development. We really want to ask ourselves, why do we want to enhance our psychic abilities? Really, it's a result of our own spiritual development. 
these two, two go hand in hand. Probably one of the most important things that you can do is working in aid of others. That means sending forth goodwill, healing, and compassion by meditating or entering the silence, as we call it, by using cosmic attunement, preferably daily. Offering sincere gratitude instead of complaining. Witnessing one's thoughts and applying the law of thought. Understanding the dictum that thoughts are things and they have consequences. Also being proactive versus reactive. For instance, love proactively by conscious design. Just before the teleconference started, my sister called me on uh, my cell phone. She was quite uh, upset about various things and wanted to share those emotions. And I felt myself becoming more and more tense as I listened to her. So instead of realize that, what I thought I might do, which would be helpful to her, is send her thoughts of love quite deliberately and calmly and silently to ease her heart. And I know, Crotters and Stores, you do that as well. Practicing humility. Some of us wonder why in the early neophyte studies, we are asked, in fact, an entire monograph is uh, spent on this uh, exercise about good listening and minimizing the I in conversation. It's very important to put others first and to also step back from harm by not contributing further to escalating events or emotions. It's okay to sympathize, but it's important not to increase the emotional um, overwroughtness of a situation. So let us talk a little bit about the third eye, because certainly when we talk about psychic phenomena, the third eye sometimes comes up. When my daughter was a child, she was a, a cologne, and I would tease her a little bit when she asked me, Mom, where's my glove? I can't find it, or where's my shoe? And I would say, open your third eye and ask your inner master where it is. Now we know in Egyptian symbolism, the eye of Horus represented protection in the afterlife, and like other amulets, is considered a ward against evil. On a mystical level, however, it is emblematic of inner and universal consciousness. So it's important not to be superstitious about carrying amulets or charms. You have an inner guardian, and the eye here also represents the universal consciousness. In Dharmic and Yogic tradition, the third eye is considered associated with the sixth chakra, or the Agnya chakra. In Rosicrucian tradition, it is associated with the pineal and pituitary gland complex. In Rosicrucian philosophy, psychic centers are quite different in function from chakras, although certain chakras do correspond with psychic centers. Awakening the psychic centers, as taught by our order, also produces positive stimulation of the corresponding chakras. Chakras are centers of vital energy. The expression opening the chakras will not enhance paranormal activity. 
chakra balancing is about energy and creating vital equilibrium in the body. So, Prodders and Strawers, let's talk a little bit more about enhancing psychic perception. There are 12 psychic centers in the body, whereas there are seven chakras in popular New Age systems. Many groups conflate the two systems. The psychic centers in the body are associated with glands, but they're also associated with certain nerve plexuses. The pituitary has two lobes with different functions and works with the hypothalamus, together producing 18 hormones that regulate growth, weight, appetite, and mood. So I'm going to show you here using my little pointer where the pituitary gland is. Notice that the two lobes are here pictured. They're quite small but they're kind of in line with the back of the eye and the retina, and also the bridge of the nose. The pineal gland, on the other hand, you'll see is higher up, or at the back center of the brain. The pineal, as you all know, is light sensitive, and it may in fact be, um, because it has probably one of the most um, enervated uh, it is one of the most enervated centers in the body. In a sense, it does function as a so-called third eye, both physically and psychically. In Rosicrucian ontology, we talk about it as the bridge between us and higher states of awareness and vibration. Visualization using vowel sounds and certain colors can enhance psychic perception. And these exercises are given in the monographs. So what is the psychic body? The Rosicrucian order Amwork maintains that the psychic body used in projection, clairvoyance, bilocation, etc., is a form of consciousness. The subconscious mind is the doorway to the cosmic mind. Each of us takes part in the cosmic or universal mind. And the new physics demonstrates this connection. Such techniques are discussed and practiced at length in the seventh degree of our order. And there's a reason why these exercises are staged so that development of the psychic centers and psychic abilities becomes gradual. It's a gradual unfoldment of consciousness. The main caveats, especially in the seventh degree in attempting psychic body projection these are the rules for others and sororers, are relaxation, confidence, which means lack of fear, and of course, practice. Positive intent is also key. One cannot project for ill purposes, for instance, wanting to spy on someone. So, brothers and sororers, please be receptive to fleeting impressions. This is one way of fine tuning your intuition. Sometimes you may receive simply a passing thought. Other times it's a much stronger instance of knowing. And I'm going to give you a few examples based on my own experience. I got the impression you were thirsty. I was sitting in a self-serve restaurant and this is one where there are no, there are no serving staff 
but you, you get up and you get your own beverages and your own food. This was some years ago, and I was marking papers there. I would sometimes go there after school and mark papers. And I just had the feeling that after having a cup of coffee, I, I wanted a, a glass of water. A man was passing by and he was holding two glasses of ice water. He looked at me and he set one down on my table. And I said, why did you do that? And he said, I got the impression you were thirsty. Wasn't that glass intended for someone else? He said, oh yes, my wife, but I can get her another glass. Thank you. It came to my mind that you needed help. I, it just felt like the right time to phone. The tree is going to fall tonight. This is an experience, very strong um, experience that happened when I was a child. I was five years old during an ice storm. My family and I were sitting in the living room. I was playing on the floor with my sister and I looked up and said to my father, who was reading the paper, the tree is going to fall tonight. And he said, no, 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 don't be frightened. It's only a little storm. Nothing bad is going to happen. However, of course, after we went to bed, you know what happened. There's a major maple tree in our yard. Our yard was very tiny and this tree was enormous. It came down by the roots and fell across the street onto the house across the street, which is quite, I'm sure, terrifying for the people there. Um, and knocked down power lines as well as telephone lines during the ice storm. So I know that you also, as a child, may have had similar kinds of experiences. As a teenager, my mother was home coming, was late coming home. She was shopping in another city with her aunt and I knew. I said to my father, mom was in an accident, but she's all right. And sure enough, that was exactly what had happened. A man had run a stop sign through an intersection and hit their car. No one was hurt, but I knew that that's what had occurred. Now, a little Q&A about karmic implications. Question, if I had a precognitive dream, vision, or intuition, did I cause the event to happen? No. Does using my innate psychic powers create bad karma? No. However, intent is the key here, as said before. Is your intention purely selfish, harmful to others, or positive? The law of karma is simply cause and effect. What do you wish to set into motion? What type of outcome? Why do you wish to develop these powers? For what purpose? So the next few slides, and we're getting closer to the end now here, Fathers and Sororis, so applying psychic perception. So I'm going to speak briefly about divination, charlatanism and mediumship, and also, of course, our exercise using mental telepathy. Divination implies reading one's own life circumstances in order to divine their meaning. From reading tea leaves to coffee grounds to tarot and gypsy fortune telling cards, self-divination 
can take a variety of forms. I know my mother used that, uh, what was quote unquote called gypsy fortune telling cards during the Second World War as she crossed Europe on foot to get away from um, soldiers and in order to um, barter for food, she told fortunes. As you are likely aware, such techniques are assistive devices only. If you have some success at self-divination, the true guide is the inner self or master within. Synchronicity, also sometimes known as deja vu, is a tool that we can use to interpret our life's experiences and our spiritual journey. It's one way of signaling to us, are we on track? So here's a, uh, an example of tassiography, reading to your coffee grounds. What do you see at the bottom of that cup? Does seeing a dog in your tea leaves mean that you will own a dog in the near future? Perhaps. Or maybe it's a wolf and you feel one might be at your door. The interpretation of one's impressions is the key factor. What do you desire? Remember the law of thought and what you set into motion. Be open and receptive, but also aware of your own imaginative tendencies. Shift your thinking and you shift your life. Remember, avoid superstition, fear, or overblown fantasies. I know many of you know the artist Hieronymus Bosch, but you may not be aware that he also painted this uh, image uh, of a man playing the old shell game with a, a crowd who are both entertained and credulous here. And you'll see uh, various and interesting uh, symbols represented in this painting as well. From French, Spanish, and Italian roots, the word charlatan refers to someone who claims knowledge or power in order to trick or deceive others, usually for money. Some of the most famous psychic hoaxes were perpetrated by children, like May and Lizzie Banks. Here they're shown as adult women. But these are often, this sort of trickery is associated often with mediumship. There's a photo from 1912 of Marthe Bayrou, who performed under the names Ava C. and Ava Carrier. Today, there still exists a common fraud perpetrated by so-called mediums who extort money from gullible customers. Houdini and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle engaged psychic mediums in an attempt to contact the dead. There is a long list of fraudulent mediums who employed cardboard cutouts, dolls, muslin cloth, or ectoplasm, and even animal liver as fake spirit hands. Recall that at the age of 20, Harvey Spencer Lewis was made president of the New York Institute for Psychical Research in 1903. He and his colleagues were interested in verifiable psychic experiences, demonstrations, and experiments. As a scientist, Lewis was successful in investigating numerous such practices and revealing the falseness of their claims. During the early 1900s, many mediums set up practices for money. Such demonstrations were advertised as real rather than as entertainment. 
clients believe even the most outlandish claims and would pay anything for news and so-called advice from deceased loved ones. So that brings us now to our final experiment in mental telepathy. Is it possible to contact or connect with persons either close by or at a distance? Indeed it is. It helps if you already have a close bond, parent and child, spouses or partners. Twin studies are also highly suggestive of this power between like-minded individuals. Group experiences are also interesting in this respect. For instance, many reported precognitive dreams and other intense telepathic messages before or during the events involving national disasters. Others report receiving psychic impressions even from strangers in instances of emotional distress or intensity. Emotion can be a strong driver of mental messaging. Thoughts are part of an ocean of vibration and thus are accessible to those who are receptive or in tune with those vibrations. We are bombarded by vibrations of light, sound, color, touch, and feeling, and thus much is filtered out so that our brains can make sense of what we are receiving. Our aura also acts as a means of both transmission and reception, as well as protection. It is our personal electromagnetic field. In field theory, the cosmos itself is an electromagnetic field or Akashic record, and with practice we can tune in or out at will. Your thoughts are like ships on an ocean of vibration. So let's review the basic technique of mental telepathy. Again, practice is the key, and like manifesting our desires, knowing basic techniques can be even more effective in achieving results. First, if you are a sender, the message must be simple, clear, and focused with intention. If you don't have a message, none will be received. If you are a receiver, being relaxed, open, and receptive are keys to success. Quieting the rational mind is also important. Shutting out doubts, oh, this can't possibly work. Or if you receive an impression, saying to yourself, oh, that can't be right, it must be something else. Also, having no specific expectations is helpful too. Setting aside a common time for such an experiment allows for verifiable results. Finally, confidence in the science behind telepathy is extremely helpful. Remember the previous slide about that ocean of vibrations. Remember that everyone has innate psychic abilities. These can be enhanced by practice and following certain techniques. For instance, finding lost objects is an excellent way of fine tuning your psychic perception. My husband lost his debit card last week and he was alarmed by that as anyone would be thought it might be stolen or he left it at a retailer. He had me call the European bakery to see if he'd left it in the, in the card reader. 
He uh, looked through the laundry. He searched his car, his wallet, his offices, both at home and at work. He had me search his car. And then he said, Ingrid, please call the bank and cancel my card. Well, that morning he left for work. And before I called the bank, I thought I might try a Rosicrucian technique. So what I did was I visualized the card, holding it in my hand, having found it. I could see the color of the card. It was black, the logo of the bank, his name printed at the bottom. As clearly as I could, I didn't need to read the numbers, but I knew I had the card and the associated feeling, what that would feel like if I found the card. Well, the next thing I did after releasing that thought was to go into the closet, pull out the bag of laundry, and in the very last shirt at the bottom of the laundry bag was the card. So later when I spoke to Brian, and he said, but I looked through the laundry. How did you find it? Well, I said, I used a Rosicrucian technique. So the ability or psychic abilities can also be enhanced by spiritual practice. Remember meditation, but in particular, service work, like sending spiritual aid, prayer and gratitude. Both of these combined create a powerful vehicle for the law of attraction. Self-divination relies on contact with the master within ourselves, our own cosmic connection with universal soul. Beware of charlatans who claim abilities, especially when asking for money. They could be attempting to capitalize on the credulous. Regardless, rely on your own intuition and know that you are guided and protected by your own inner master or guardian. So, frauders and sororers, let us conclude with an exercise in mental telepathy. And after the exercise, we will uh, open for a brief discussion in the complete reality. So, please sit relaxed. Again, feet flat on the floor with your hands, palms down, unclasped in your lap. Or if you prefer, lie down if that is more comfortable. With your eyes closed, take three positive deep breaths, holding on full and releasing slowly through the nose. Do that at your own pace. Again, on each inhalation, feeling more aware and energized and more deeply relaxed on each exhalation. Once you finish the three deep breaths, just breathe normally. I am now sending you an image of something that I drew in pencil on a piece of paper a few weeks ago. 
So simply open yourself to the image. See it appear on the screen of your consciousness. In your mind's eye, see this image take shape. What is it? Now we will intone the vowel sound ooh on E natural. This vowel is associated with both and the pituitary. If you are able, visualize the color blue-violet. Be receptive to any impressions you may receive. When you are ready, please record in the chat what you saw on the screen of your consciousness. You may now open your eyes. We have a look at the chat. Well, if you said a rose, you're wrong. <laughs> I see a cross, a heart. Ah, I see something else that's quite, uh, quite right. All right, frauders and sorors, if you saw some kind of an animal, you are correct. So I'm going to show you now the image and we'll see what you think. So if you said wolf or dog, you were right. And I saw several of you got the message. Quite excellent, good work. Some of you may have seen circles representing the eyes or perhaps the snout, maybe the ears, the hair, there are even uh, some little teeth there. So I want to thank you for taking part in that exercise. 
I know you did one similar to this exercise with the Grand Master. She was using uh, one of her hobbies, mosaic tiles. And I know you found that quite interesting. So we thought we might repeat something like that here. So just to close, Frauders and Sorors. We are all looking for answers, particularly about why certain experiences occur to us. The cosmic is constantly giving us messages that, we are, that are meant to assist us in evolving our consciousness. Using your natural psychic abilities is just another way of increasing your knowledge and wisdom. Do not be afraid to use your intuition and natural abilities. Keep an open mind, work on inner development. Remember that if you are new to the Rosicrucian order, I would highly recommend that you go online and read your monographs, study the teachings, because we offer weekly lessons and exercises that will enhance both your spiritual and also your psychic development. We all seek answers beyond the small self. Many look to authorities or others to give us answers that we can find within ourselves. So let's start the discussion now. I'm going to end the share where you can please very briefly, Frauders and Stores, so that we give people the opportunity to speak. You can also type some of these if you want to speak more at length in the chat. That was a very good wolf. I <laughs> <laughs> was just a sketch. Actually, I did it in the, for the teleconference about the, uh, the, um, that celebration of the creatures that the, the Grand Master presented. I saw Don Quixote with a lance up. It, it was two things pointing out like this. I couldn't understand what they were. Well, it was a wolf's ears. <laughs> Thank you, Frauder. Oh, you're welcome. I just want to say those who were able to get it correct did a great job. I think there are a number of people who who had a creature. Some said cat. Some said dog. I even had saw someone say wolf. So this is uh, very interesting. Hmm. I missed the day out of my life just recently. Oh yes, brother Michael. Yeah, I missed a day out of my life, life process just recently. I went to bed and missed a day. When I woke up, I thought it was the next day. I don't have an explanation for that. That's something that you would need to investigate. Um, you know, if there was an illness or for some other reason, that that occurred. Sorry, Ingrid. Hi. Hello, Frater Jeremy. Uh, excellent presentation. I, I was uh, very fascinated. I, I did remember seeing this presentation at Cosmos Perneus, but it was good to uh, be reminded of part uh, components that I probably missed uh, previously. Before. Excellent information. Um, I, I like to share an experience if that be okay. Just briefly, Frater. Uh, very briefly. Um, a few years ago, I was very ill, and it was Christmas time, and I was laying in bed with some uh, meditation music, and uh, I had a fish tank, and I had a dream that 
I was I was in a house and anyways what happened was I, I heard a squeaking sound in the dream and I was crying in the dream because I, I, I perceived that a creature was dying and I woke up and my fish one of my fishes in the tank had got sick and got stuck in the filter and it was at the very moment that I had that nightmare so I was wondering is it possible for people to have psychic dreams with their animals or pets where they have the pet is in pain and they actually have some kind of empathy to the psychic to the dream state yes thank you Trotter. that's a very good example it's an excellent example because many of us do have communication with animals animals are sensitive conscious beings and they do transmit their emotions and their feelings particularly if in distress um, just this morning at about 3 a.m. I knew the cat was at the sliding door at our upper bedroom and my husband who woke up when I got out of bed to let the cat in and said how did you know the cat was there did you hear it I said no I just knew it was there so we have these experiences and I know many of you have had experiences with cats and animals hi it's Eugene here I have a question about the dream I recently I had a dream where I saw a friend of mine, which we doing business together, that uh, succeeded with the business and he came with the other brother to share the money and he gave me my part. And after that, I just saw myself in my grandfather's, in my, grand, uh, my granny's house, my grandmother's house, that I went to give, to give her also something. And my, grand, uh, my grandmother is already dead. So I don't know what that dream means. So I don't know if I can have an, an explanation. Well, dream, anal dream analysis is a very, um, it's another study entirely. And many of us do often have dreams where we do have experiences with persons who are no longer with us or um, just pay attention to the feelings in the dream, the yes. emotions. And that's probably the most significant aspect. It's Thank one you. way of sharing love with yeah. those who are not with us. Thank you. You were saying you were in the process of buying a car. Yeah, usually when I'm in the process of buying a car, I will close my eyes and see what color of the car that I'm going to get. Huh. And then it will come up and the same color will come. And that will, when I go to the, my husband work for a dealer, and he will say, I saw a car. And this is their color. I said, what? I said, no, would that be also psychic? That well, you, yes, but you are also using the law of manifestation by putting your thought out there and then the cosmic response by offering you what it is that, you know, if it's available, it will be presented to you. Thank you. Thank you, Sora Ingrid, for a lovely um, presentation. I'd like to share an experience that I had. Um, about five years ago, um, I went to sleep and woke up, but I could not move. And I saw my late husband come into the room and uh, he was sort of like ill. Mm -hmm. And that actually, what, 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 was, what I actually saw when I was all, you know, when I couldn't move at all, was actually what happened when, just before he died. It was like a day deja pants type of situation. 
Um, Sura, thank you for sharing that. That um, sometimes when we don't get enough sleep or we're under extreme stress, sleep paralysis can occur. It's one of the symptoms also of narcolepsy. And my husband, a neurologist, uh, has also dealt with cases like that. And it's possible to have strong hallucinations. And that for you also was a memory experience. Now that's not to say that um, people don't experience um, visitations, especially around the time of transition. Those are also discussed in the monographs. Right, thank you. Hi. Thank you so um, for, for speaking, your presentation. Speaking to the frauder who said he lost an entire day, um, I think it, it goes back to the concept of the fact that there is no time. Many times I have lost time. I could be driving and be one place and then suddenly I'm in another place and I have no idea how I got there. So I do believe that, that those things do happen. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Sarar. Thank you, Sarar, for your presentation. You, I'd love to ask, what is the meaning of having a repetitive dream of a house where you've lived maybe 20 years ago. It keeps on coming each and every time. It comes back, it comes back in different angles. Uh, Frater, um, I think many of us have that experience, uh, especially because we don't necessarily have control over the dream state and the mind is processing certain events in dreams, especially if there's a strong emotional attachment and to a particular place, like our old home. Hello. 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 Hello, Hello. Reverberation. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be able to pass my message. Sarah, I'm sorry, your, whatever your device you're using is causing some interference. I would like to share, please, what happens when we don't pay attention to the intuition? This is a Thank you, sir. Good point. Thank you. This is a personal experience. Through, through my workplace, uh, I had earned with, with the team a, a, a boat cruise in the Toronto Harbor. And while on that cruise, I was just sitting, relaxing, and went into like a daydream state. And I saw the captain of the ship go overboard and drown. Then I heard somebody calling my name, physical person, and snapped me out of it and say, come on, Doreen, you know, join the party. And, and I did. Two weeks later, we got word that the captain jumped off the ship to save a drunken passenger, and he drowned. Had I been in my proper cognitive state to realize that I needed to say something to the captain, that may have been avoided. He may have taken other precautions to stay safe when, when going over. So I wanted to share that because that things like this can happen when we don't pay attention and we don't remind ourselves that we have a responsibility to share this in a good way with other people. Oh, thank you, Sarah Doreen. I know that's a very emotional thing, that tragedy, but please don't blame yourself. Please don't do that because the question earlier about when we have precognitive events, there may be other reasons that we're given that information. In my announcing to my father, the tree is going to fall and then it falls on the house across the street. 
and you know breaks windows and frightens the family there you know they could have been warned but it's just often not possible and that information is also given to you because psychic abilities are are part of who we are the universe is giving us information I know it's important to act on these impressions, but sometimes it wouldn't have mattered whether you had warned him or not, I suspect. Good point. Thank so you. Please, please don't blame yourself. No, I, I, I don't. I, I used it as a life lesson, mm -hmm. as a learning curve to be more aware and to, to share, to remember to share what I receive. Thank, right. Thank you so much. Ingrid, at your can you guys hear me? Hello? Can you guys hear me? Butter, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, uh, can you hear me now? No? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, just want to say thank you. Um, is there anything we can learn from uh, using, like, drugs for psychic abilities? Like, when using, like, LSD, I've noticed with friends, like, it really uh, enhances your psychic projection. Uh, in the Rosicrucian, like, teachings, should we dismiss it entirely? Is it considered, like, cheating? Is there something to learn there? Or is there any value to, like, these experiences that definitely heighten psychic abilities, but we don't know how to work with or classify in a mindful way? Uh, uh, Frauder, are you a Frauder of the Order? Are you studying the teachings? Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. Um, you may already know, then, that we do not recommend drug-induced. Uh, hallucinations. It's one of the reasons why the monograph system is a slow process. It's, um, there are damaging effects that can occur, particularly with LSD. So I would not recommend using it. And the order does not recommend that. Um, so that's the official statement, Frauder, and I, I do hope you take that to heart. Thank you. Yeah. I could say a little bit more based on the experiences of others that I've known. Um, also on the writings of Aldous Huxley. Oh, um, yes. Yes, yeah. I you could read him, his um, discussion. It's the introduction to A Brave New World. I would point you to that if you wanted to read a little bit more about that. But it is a dangerous practice, and I certainly would not recommend it. Got it. Noted. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. May I just share with the frauder that, that spoke that there's an old teaching and it goes, grow slow like an oak and not fast like a mushroom. Right. <laughs> thank you, Doreen. That's great. All right, frauders and sororers, we'll have time for one more and then we should close. Uh, Sora Ingrid. Oh, Jeremy, you've already spoken. I want to give someone else a chance. Okay, and we know each other, so... You can always email me. Thank you. Hello, sorry, Ingrid, um, for your uh, presentation today. I actually just had a question, um, and I saw somebody uh, post it um, much, much earlier in your presentation. Um, and the and the question was, um, I wanted to reiterate it because I think it might be worth um, sometimes when we're navigating um, understanding our psychic our psychic um, abilities and what we're receiving. And then um, also we are uh, potentially very creative or we're potentially very bright in certain areas. Um, I know quite a few people that are very skilled in a lot of areas and they can create things and they can you know, do various things um, with their mind already. Um, and so, so I, when I saw the question in the chat, I, it, it sort of probed me to 
want to ask it again on behalf of the person that asked it and then also on behalf of myself. Um, and I'm just curious to know, um, how do we navigate understanding what is a true sort of psychic impression, uh, psychic communication or potentially telepathic communication versus what is a creation of um, potentially fantasy or of the mind? That's probably one of the most difficult questions. And that's something <laughs> that, you know, um, as, I, as I said in the slideshow, we look for external verification. Um, for instance, when, you know, I made that announcement about the tree falling, um, the, a tree really did fall. And so, you know, there's verification there or um, the accident that my mother had been in. It's hard though, when you uh, are in a relationship, for instance, or you're trying to form a relationship with someone and you make assumptions about what they might be thinking or feeling. We have to be very careful in that regard. And that's why um, communication and good listening skills are important. Again, test and trial and experiment are, are very important and try to be a scientist about that. You know, sometimes, um, things are just misperceptions or hallucinations or wish fulfillment fantasy. And we need to really search our own selves to understand what, what the difference is between those things. I'm probably not answering that well enough, but that's, that's okay. So Frauders and Sorors, um, we're going to open the mics and say um, farewell and peace profound to each other. And I want to thank you again for being here today and participating in this presentation. I know you're always thinking and um, have really excellent questions and observations. I want to thank you again for being here.